0: Say vikings out of the horizon league coach how you doing today Melvin
1: Cleveland man i'm um, great i'm great thanks for having me i appreciate you and to all your fans thanks you guys thank you guys for listening I uh, hope all is well with you your family friends and your loved ones uh during this unique time on our globe right
0: You got that right, Coach. Let me ask you, man, let's go back to last year, man, your first year, been a head coach at Cleveland State. Tell us, how was that year one transition for you, going down to a year or two? I don't know, normally going into year two, but how was year one for you, man, going to year two here?
1: Well, it was was very unique, to say the least, but I, I truly believe my time spent in Tallahassee, Florida, with Leonard Hamilton has prepared me beyond preparation. It made me become and see myself and be confident enough to see myself as a head coach. And he gave me, uh, you know, the ability to make decisions. He gave me the platform to, you know, uh, to grow. And, and that's the most important. so when we took over the program, uh, you know, Leonard Hamilton is one of the best architects in building from the ground up and he prepared us what he did at oklahoma state what he did at miami and obviously what he's done at florida state i feel like he's given me the blueprint to go out there and execute that plan and that's what we're trying to do hired a great staff but most importantly it's about who you work with uh, our president harlan sands and our athletic director scott garrett is great great people to lock arms with and being lockstep with them has definitely made the transition uh well worth it and exciting
0: most definitely, and for you, Coach Gates, how would you approach trying to become a head coach? Like in your mind when Coach Hamilton gave you a, a task or, or he dropped drop, drop to play, were you like, okay, I'll do it this way maybe, or I may be doing it this way. So we yeah. always kind of planning in your head how to become a head coach. I know for yeah. me as a radio host, I was a co-host for a while. I was decided yeah. if it was my show, I would do it this way. Yeah. So how did you kind of approach that, that give and take there?
1: So I look, I, I try to evaluate myself every off season to see what I would take and what I wouldn't take. And obviously, you know, the core of even your transition, JR, is about being yourself. Yes. And I was able to to sift through the learning, what coaches given me, but also what I grew in as a head coach, as a CEO, as someone who's leading my own program. But take a little bit from Leonard Hamilton, take a little bit from David Carter and Ricardo Patton and Ben Braun and uh, Tom Crean, all guys who I've worked for in the past. But the most important part is getting that experience and and now, you know, putting your fingerprints all on it. So for me, I never stop calling Leonard Hamilton. Let me say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I call him at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm just thankful he answers on the first ring no matter the time.
0: You got that right. He's up late all the time. He don't sleep. You got that right. Oh,
1: you know it. You know it. <laughs> Just
0: not sleep. So let's go back to March, Coach Gates. Though March 11th is my birthday when everything kind of went crazy with COVID, right? So. Yep. How yep. did you all as a staff and your players handle that situation, Seeing your players back probably home, uh, going from on campus to virtual? Yep. So how yep. was that just for your young, your young men, academically keeping their grades up high? Why are they in a different environment about the structure of study halls and advisors on yeah.
1: campus for them? Yeah. Well, you know, for me, man, I want to look back and say not just the young people, our student athletes, but, you know, our professors, our staff on campus, Everyone had to flip their careers upside down from an introspective kind of way and kind of, you know, make sure it could dive into the transition necessary where it was all online. Uh, with that becomes the mental transition, right? So the mental way of approaching it is just trying to stay and being over communicative with everyone. Uh, although our kids were, were back home, we still had team meetings via Zoom, we still had a uh, study hall via Zoom we still had a lot of things that I think we were in transition, our society was in transition for, but not to the mass extent that yes. COVID-19 pushed us in. We all had Netflix, we all had FaceTime. We knew of Zoom, but we didn't know about Zoom, right? <laughs> right. So, So we, we we were able to get those platforms and now depend more on them than we have in the past. and. While classes were, some were online, all of them were not. So it was a minor adjustment at the beginning, but I think our young people were so flexible. Our professors were so flexible, understanding and gave grace because we were all in the middle of a pandemic and there is not one industry it did not impact. It impacted our entire globe from the sunshine to weather moon, but from where the sun the sun sets to where the moon rises, right? It, it has impacted us all, uh, some way or another. You
0: got there, right? Because I'll never thought about you doing video interviews on my show until the pandemic. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I'll be on the phone with you right now, not on the video, which so it, hey, it, it changed hey, my hey, industry for
1: sure. Hey, I'll tell everybody, you know, a lot of people don't walk around with a Blockbuster card no more, right? They don't, but it's called evolution. Right before our eyes, it just happened so fast and, and it happened overnight. And that's the only difference. We didn't have time to transition and evolve slowly into this place, but it has snapped us right where we are. And we've adjusted. We just gotta be understanding. We gotta change some habits and all of it has to err on the side of safety, man. We gotta keep everybody safe.
0: Got there, right, coach? And if it's those Zoom calls you head coach, how would you use those Zoom to keep your young men's mind sharp? Because, you know, when they're back at home in their own environments, yeah. they can get depressed. You know, I'm in my 30s. You, you're, you're a little older than me. But it's like yeah. we, we can deal with life to a degree, right? Yeah. But yeah. 18, 20, 20, 22-year-olds, like, man, I'm at home. I can't do what I want to. So how do you keep those young men's minds sharp so they don't fall into oh. a depression while they that's back a home?
1: Great, that's a great question. We What we did was we've always, even before this pandemic, we've, FaceTime, we've done sort of meetings that way and made sure we over communicate with our guys. So what we've done is we've implemented and pulled in their environment a lot more. Uh, We've had great relationships with their parents, but we've added their parents to some meetings where we meet with the families of the household that they're staying in. And when you can have that expectation around them set, it makes the transition easy. And, you know, no matter what, there's a level of respect you have to have when you move back in your mom's house or dad's house or parents' house or whomever it is. And and we've just made sure we included everyone in our weekly or monthly uh, family meetings. And that way we were able to stay as sharp as we can. We've, we've had film almost every morning on Zoom when it comes down to basketball things because we missed out on the entire summer of individual workouts, JR. Yes, you did. Uh, entire summer. And how can you get guys better? Well, you can challenge them mentally. You can have motivational speakers. You can still watch film. You can still have team team activities. You just got to be creative. And we were able to be be as creative as possible during that time.
0: Now, coaches, you have a young men watch the NBA a little bit, cause they can learn a little bit how the game is played on that level. Because that all of them want to play professionally. I hope they would. They if they're playing ball for you, I hope they want to go beyond. Cleveland doing. State, hopefully. So yep. did you kind of show them some stuff like, they, like the Miami Heat does? I love what they do, Coach, how they help off the strong side, the gaps and slots, how, how they two-time those uh, drop coverages, and kind of show, show the young men, some other kind of things. They kind of know what, oh, it's how it is on that level.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we, we've tried, and I'll go backwards. So when the draft came, we watched the draft as a team on Zoom, right? Real time. We watched it, talked about each player getting drafted, where they came from, how much they've developed from a personal standpoint, player standpoint. And obviously, that's where the dream happens, first happens for all these guys on draft night. And we saw guys who had unbelievable careers not even get drafted, right? So we've, we've tried to keep it in real time. Now, watching the finals, we watched every part of the uh, you know NBA playoffs. The sacrifices that these guys have made to be in the bubble, first off, is on another level. While our young people think they are going through life-changing situations, now imagine uh, the professional athletes who had to completely lock down away from their families, away from their children, away from a lot of uh, normalcy. They had to do that just to have and live their dream. Well, there's no dream that doesn't come without a sacrifice. And that's part of the sacrifice that we kind of talk to our young people about consistently. And they had a better understanding of it. But when players started talking about and opening up in full transparency, that is mentally draining, the mental illness that may come up, the depression that comes about when dealing in those isolated environments, it gave us another uh, preventative measure to make sure we talk to our players about. Well, we have sports psychologists come in and speak about the normalcy of being isolated and being depressed. We 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 did those things on the front end so that we won't have the bigger issues come up out of nowhere. We were we would be prepared. So that's a great question, man.
0: Oh, definitely, coach. And I feel like you know this year is gonna be like you know mental toughness 101. You know you might have a game schedule it's gonna get canceled. You out two weeks. You know you might be going good and also another camp. So. That's great preparation for you, you know what I mean? Because this year, coach will be at war of attrition mentally and physically because mm-hmm. you just don't know what you're going to get from week to week. You can't a game on your schedule right. like you have a game on in Toledo. You don't know if it's going to be going yeah. on first or not. You just don't know because it's just exactly. the nature of the beast yeah. right now.
1: Exactly. I mean, we got to be flexible, man. One thing COVID has done has made all of us as flexible where you can make a plan. You better make plan B, plan yes. C, and, and may all the way go through the Z, right? You got to have a plan. You gotta have some type of plan in place, and and that's that's the most important part. Um, the grace you have to give yourself, because think about all the goals you've set, Jr. All the goals I've set. On those paths, there has been twists and turns. It's never been a straight line. Yes, indeed. So now COVID has put that in a microscope and said, okay, you can plan one day. Tomorrow may be completely different. You can plan one week out, another week may be completely different. Our season may have these games on there, but we have to be willing to be flexible. I think just last week, no, Saturday, I mean, no, 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 25th, Oregon State and Cal Berkeley played a non-conference game, but they're in the same conference because they're both, both their uh, opponents were in a situation where they had to quarantine. So the flexibility of high major conferences opening up the season, playing non-conference games, that just lets you know how much change is happening and how flexible you have to be uh, in preparation to having a great season. You got to take those games and and be there and and, and obviously be prepared to, to twist and turn if need be and be flexible and understand it.
0: How has the ramp up been, Coach Gates? Because I know you will not get a young man a nagging injury with a hamstring or growing a knee, right. an ankle from going too hard too soon. So how has that right. ramp up been for your young man? Kind of keep them pacing them, to, to prepare them to get ready for this year because they have was so active for so long. <laughs> Come back to you and now. They yeah, got, I, I want to go hard. I want to go hard, but you can't. You yeah. have to take it a little easier. You don't have a nagging That's injury right. all year long. Hey,
1: one one thing, one thing, coaches are not. We're not doctors, we are not trainers. We may think we know it all, but I'm telling you, COVID is keeping it all in perspective. So we have to lean on our players in full transparency on how, how they feel. They are to fill out a report every week in terms of a, a program we use called Fuzanetics. It allows the trainer to know exactly how they're, they're, they're feeling. It gives me a gauge before practice on how my overall group is doing and I can make the adjustments. If I need to do more, uh, you know, non-contact things at the beginning of practice and a longer warm-up. I can make that adjustment. Me and my staff can make that adjustment. Or if I know they they all are feeling great, wonderful, no knickknacks, then I can get right into some contact five on five. Uh, And that allows me to be in communication with our players, not only our players, but our trainer, not only our trainer and players but our entire program in terms of how we are in that transition now the one thing i tell my guys is you got to know the difference between an injury right and being hurt yes An injury is something that will take you out of a game being hurt is just a pain that you feel temporarily now if you can play tomorrow you can practice today Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's what we that's what we discuss a lot. So our guys have been great, man. They've been awesome. But you want to err on the side of caution. Get these guys some rhythm, get the blood flowing so that you won't uh, have those knick-knack injuries come up. Hamstrings, your groins, you know, those things are very, very become very, very uh, severe if you don't make the right transition. And our strength and conditioning coach has been wonderful.
0: That's what right, I did, Coach. Practice, practice, practice. Plan practice for practices. Practice playing Kind of probably got to be your be biggest thing because you got to figure out what I want to do. Like you said, shell drill the day you want to run. I want to put in some offense, some defense. Yeah. So, now how's that being? Trying to you know put in stuff with restrictions you have for the state of Ohio, keeping guys safe and trying to you know get yeah. you everything you want in because you know you can't do how you used to. So, how's that been
1: for you? Right. Well, for me, I've you know before each season we have a coaches' retreat and we build out where we want to be after each week and what we want to have implemented now it never goes fully where you're 100 on course but you try to fulfill that uh block plan as much as possible and our guys have been um you know unique in building the the practice plan but the one thing that i've learned from leonard hamilton is this never accomplish one thing in one drill always try to have multiple things in that one drill that guys can take back after assessing, um, you know, or implementation. So versus a shell drill, you may wanna have multiple actions being defended versus just one action. You may wanna have in a shooting drill multiple parts of your offense uh, before the shot actually takes place. And that, that's that's all about the part method teaching uh, before we get into the big, big, um, you know, five on five. So learning how to do that during my time at Florida State has definitely helped. And we got to be as creative as possible.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, as this coach, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like this, this whole new awakening in the world. By like Coach United, what you're a part of, they talk about that as well. would tell us a little about the organization, man. Uh, uh, like, Embrace Us, another one, uh, Coaches for Change, all these organizations coaches have been having since the social yeah. justice things came up. How's that been for you guys being a part of this? How you want to impact your young men with these topics and ideas from all these organizations that you all are part of?
1: Well, I mean, just think about, you know, um, John Thompson, first of all, you know, first African-American coach, first black coach to win a NCAA championship and his passing during this time, but also think about the pandemic. We had a pandemic going on globally, but also a heightened charge and the racial tension of our country with police brutality and, and, and obviously the inequities just being put on a platform where you where you're starting to see more of it happening but these things are, are more of a, um, you know, it's a reoccurring thing than a new development. Yes. You just have social media and real life cameras. Everyone has a camera in their hand recording what's going on. So it has put it in perspective of how uh, much it has been taking place. So you look at those organizations of, of Black Coaches Association, you look at ABIS, Advancement of Blacks in Sports. You look at Black Coaches United. All our organizations in the college world for Black coaches in terms of, you know, the, just the different charges that they have uh, in moving in moving the culture forward. Uh, obviously, um, you know, hiring practices is one thing that they have all focused on. Um, not just that, but keeping the, et- the ethics and the integrity of the game up to par, but also having a community where coaches can learn, uh, learn from each other, and different things like that. Uh, it's my duty to support all of these organizations with my time, talents, and treasures, and also build a bridge for the young people out there who, you know, who was who is trying to get in the profession, who is in the profession trying to become head coaches, who are head coaches trying to remain and become successful head coaches. And I learned from one of the best, and that's Leonard Hamilton. I learned from the best, Leonard Hamilton. And obviously his mentors was John Thompson, George Ravelin, Nolan Richardson, guys like that, John Cheney. And those were the calls he made when he needed advice, right? And those are the, the the friendships he've had, he's had along the way. Well, there's another generation of coaches coming up, and it's not just a black thing, it's more of a culture thing. Let's, let's all learn from each other. Um, and, and, and the biggest, one of uh, John Thompson's biggest advocates and, and allies was Dean Smith. So it's not gonna be done alone. I'm just being as honest with you as possible. Yes. So I encourage, you know, diversity, I encourage friendship amongst the bigger scope of, of racism. Um, you know we're we're in this in this environment now. Let's just respect each other. Let's continue to learn from each other. But you can't you can't receive respect if you're not willing to give it. Um, and there's so many so many coaches out there representing their culture. Um, you know this past year, you know you look at UC Riverside. Uh, they have the the first Asian American coach uh, in Division One that they hired. So. You know, it's, it's, it's broadening the game uh, and I, I'm, I'm encouraged that where we are, we're not where we need to be as, as a society, but, you know, we're heading in the right direction.
0: Speaking of learning from each other, coach, a lot of you guys got on Zooms this, this offseason together, doing clinics on Zoom together. So, how yeah. was that when you're having your, your peers and your colleagues on there where it's not so tense? We're not always competing against each other. Stop that. I know. So, how was that learning from your colleagues about different things, how they do stuff, how they kind of call stuff, and yeah. the clinics you did on Zoom with all the coaches in the D1 this year? And yeah. D2 as well.
1: All that stuff is refreshing, man, because we mostly see each other unless there's a small group of friends you see each other on the road recruiting or at games and then at the final four convention. So you look at one time where you're not competing and that's the final four convention, but even then you're trying to figure out and build relationships with coaches across the country trying to get an advantage. Well, the pandemic and and, and quarantine made everybody sit down, sit back, enjoy your life. We've been on a run and on the road so often, Jr. that we forget to, to nur- nurture the relationships in our own home as, as, as we are fathers, as we are husbands and friends and siblings. We forget to, to nurture those things because we're in this rat race. Well, being able to call on Zoom, you get to know different layers of coaches across the country. You've developed now over a period of time friendships. And it's not just a black thing. It's, it's, it's across the board. It's all coaches being able to set aside recruiting, set aside games, and now just build and personally get better. Professional development was done a lot this season, and you get to see different guys out there. You get to help different guys out there and give advice, and being able to give sound advice and build a bridge for for those that that come after you. is very important, Um, and that's a great question.
0: That's what I got for you coach this was what was your pandemic hobby I know miles on how how I play the, the guitar so what was your pandemic I, hobby <laughs> I, I,
1: my my pandemic hobby was um you know I built a lot of wood projects uh so that was my my hobby uh, I've built furniture some chairs uh picnic tables a whole lot of stuff and you know my my players and my coaching staff I'll send them a picture they're like, coach, you ain't do that. And I would, I would have to show them the process of it beginning where the wood, the lumber, then the sawing process, then the, 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 the painting process, the priming process, and then they see the finishing piece. But they didn't believe most of the stuff that I was able to make over that time. But, you know, I've always been into things like that, um, being able to have, have uh, a hobby, but it's also something how I freed my mind uh, I'm a thinking man, so being able to use your hands, arts and crafts, that's always something I've been into. But that was my uh quarantine hobby this summer.
0: No doubt, coach, look forward to seeing your success, man. Uh next time you're in Atlanta recruiting, you gotta let me know we can get, get together, man. Uh, have some dinner show, show you some good places around here to eat, man. I know you <laughs> coach Ham was love to eat. He told me that he loved to eat uh, so.
1: We got three Georgia <laughs> we got three Georgia guys on our team. We got Trey Million from Augusta. We got um Alec Oglesby, who's Lawrenceville. And then, obviously, um, a young man that we just just signed uh, from Pace Academy, Cole Middleton. So we're excited about, you know, the state of Georgia. And obviously, man, I want to say thank you for having me on. Thank you for having the Vikings on this platform. And best of luck to you, JR Boss Man Show. Keep doing your thing, man, and God bless you.
0: Samuel Cole. Thank you for your time this morning, man. You've been good, man. Thank you for your time. I used to go this long, but hey, I thank you for doing it with me this morning, Coach.
1: Oh, it's all good, man. Anytime, anytime you need me, don't hesitate to reach out.
0: All right. are listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought
1: you'd see everyone's idea in the Team Brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. you're
0: looking for a past idea you thought was just
1: genius. Only you could find.
0: Oh, there it is.
1: Drawing board or Miro. All our finished and unfinished work lives in
0: one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M I R O.com.